scumbags! That's rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morenci. It's the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between throwing it down. The Twisted Tuesday has begun as the Major League Baseball playoffs have begun. Stop, stop, stop. He's already dead as the New York Yankees batter the Cleveland Indians. 12-3, the final score. Garrett Cole uh, does what the New York Yankees uh, pay him a ton of money to do, dominate. And that's exactly what he did. 13 strikeouts. And for the record, Garrett Cole's prop was eight and a half uh, strikeouts. He easily goes over the number. Uh, Meanwhile, Bieber gets uh, blasted. And the New York Yankees are in control of a mini three-game set up, one game uh, to none. Meanwhile, the Minnesota Twins, uh, shocking developments uh, in Minnesota. The Twins lose another uh, playoff game. Hard to believe, but the Minnesota Twins have now lost 17 consecutive playoff games. You know, that's almost impossible to do. Uh, That's really hard, trust me. As somebody that uh, picked a ton of losers today on the diamond, uh, you know, it's hard to be that incompetent. Uh, You know, I congratulate myself, actually, for my horrible baseball picks, which means we got to run the table tomorrow, right? Oh, yeah, we will, baby. We will. We're going to run the table tomorrow. We're going to run the table tonight. We got a stack show uh, this evening. Captain Yankee, George Kurtz, has to be happy after uh, game one uh, this evening. Kurtz is going to step up and in. Pete Annapolis finally will step up and in. We're going to talk about the NBA finals uh, that are now uh, less than 24 hours away. We're breaking it down. Steve Merrill's going to step up and in. It's a full house twisted Tuesday here uh, this evening as the Minnesota Twins uh, lose. The Houston Astros had uh, problems hitting Maeda early, uh, but nevertheless, they cash in late. Minnesota beats himself uh, with a, a late air. Polanco gives it away. 1-1 game gets uh, blown open. Uh, meanwhile, nothing's getting blown open when Lucas Giolito's on the hill. Like This guy's like, you know, it's basically like a no-hitter every time he takes them out. Perfect game through six innings. And the Chicago White Sox are now 15-0 against Dow Southpaws. Major League Baseball playoffs off and running. We're breaking it down. Tampa wins the Stanley Cup, and they also beat the Toronto Blue Jays today. Countdown is on. Let's do this thing. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Um, I thought the generals were due. He's spinning the ball on his finger. Just take it. Take the ball. That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder, for God's sakes. Sports Rage Late Night. I'm Renzi. Let's do this thing. The Twisted Tuesday. We got a full house uh, here. Steve Merrill's going to step up and in in a couple of moments. A little bit uh, later on, George Kurtz uh, will throw it down uh, with us. Major League Baseball playoffs have begun. New York Yankees absolutely uh, rolled 
the Cleveland Indians uh, this evening. The Toronto Blue Jays had late opportunities versus the Tampa Rays. Bad situational uh, hitting. Uh, you know, teams don't play small ball anymore. They can't manufacture runs. Everybody swings uh, for the fences. People swing for the fences against Lucas Giolito. It doesn't matter. The guy's a badass. Uh, White Sox win. Uh, Oakland uh, send Bassett to the hill to avoid elimination. And uh, the Minnesota Twins have now lost 17 consecutive playoff games. That's hard to do. 17 freaking straight playoff games. So we'll we'll get into some baseball a little bit uh, later on. Uh, We've had a couple of days to digest the NBA Finals uh, matchup. Uh, The money has uh, come in on Miami. Uh, slightly. I mean, you know, the number was five. It's down to four and a half. And people have chipped away on Miami a little bit. And uh, I was reading on uh, ESPN, their uh, their gaming um, section. Uh, they were saying that basically, um, you know, most of the media pundits are picking the Lakers to win, but the betters are all betting on the Miami Heat. You know, West Coast, people are going to bet on the Lakers. But for the most part, people are going to be pulling for the Heat. Uh, let's bring in Pete Annapolis, going to be doing a series, RDS television, former assistant, UMass uh, Minutemen, knows Coach uh, Calipari well. And I bring Coach Cal into this conversation. What's what, Coach Cal coaching? No, he isn't, but um, his fingerprints are all over this NBA Finals. Pete Annapolis steps up. And what's up, Pete? Hey, what's up, Gabe? How you doing? Always a pleasure, Pete. Thanks for joining us. I know you're busy. Uh, good night to get you on here the night before. So as I was talking about... The Kentucky connections run deep. Uh, so we know about uh, Bam, um, Bam, obviously, Kentucky. And uh, this kid's really coming into his own, and he has an opportunity to become a star right now uh, if he can win win the finals, because uh, if they win the finals, he's going to have to play well. Uh, you got Anthony Davis, uh, Kentucky, uh, of course. Uh, we got Tyler Hero, Kentucky. We got Rondo, Kentucky. Um, you know, little known fact, although I know you know everything about everything. So, But for people tuning in, Frank Vogel was a student manager. Where? Kentucky, under Coach Calipari. Uh, Pat Riley. <laughs> People unaware, Pat Riley played, right? <laughs> We're going back a ways, Pete. Uh, but it's 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 amazing, Kentucky. I mean, the Kentucky connections, and then you get into the Laker connections here and the Heat connections. Uh, you know, Shaquille O'Neal played for both teams. LeBron James, uh, both teams. Pat Riley, the architect. Of the Miami Heat, former head coach of of the great Los Angeles Lakers as well. There's a lot of a uh, lot of great storylines here. Here, at, oh yeah, the Lakers are playing in honor of Kobe Bryant, who happened to pass away this year. Uh, we got a great finals, Pete. No question about it. I mean, you ran that up so well, and I think you know Coach Cal is feeling good about himself, like he always is, uh, and he's got all his guys <laughs> playing in the NBA bubble. <laughs> and right now, he's feeling even better because you know. Uh, his former players are going to be star players, and and specifically that 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 big man matchup, if you want to call it, if you don't want to call it a center matchup, because you know the, Dwight Howard starts at center, or will Dwight Howard start at center in this series after Frank Vogel had McGee starting for most of the series? But um, you know, Tubby Smith was a head coach at Kentucky too. He's the one who recruited you know Ray John Rondo and played for him. So people, you know, not too many shout outs to Tubby Smith who won a national championship at University of Kentucky. Uh, and Coach Cal, with all those <laughs> all Americans and all those kids, has only won one national title, and you know he wants to win a couple more. But listen, um, you know the key in this series, obviously, the Lakers have played three teams that really were offensive teams in Portland, in Houston, and in Denver. Um, they're finally going to play a team that really locks you up defensively, uh, and they do that because they play an incredible matchup zone. 
Uh, they can switch everything up. They can get on shooters. They force you on the outside. And then when you try and drive inside, you got that man in the middle, Bam Adebayo, that changes everything. So I think that's going to be fascinating in this series in terms of can the Lakers score against this Miami defense and this Miami zone defense. We saw the Celtics really struggle against that zone, especially with all those perimeter guards or perimeter wing players in Brown, Tatum, and Kemba, and Marcus Smart. Oh, my God, Marcus Smart taking 22 shots in game six, 13 three-pointers. Uh, I would I would have liked those other guys taking more shots than Marcus, even though I love Marcus. But at the end of the day, uh, can the ball move for Miami Heat? Can the ball really hit different type of players and make big shots? Um, you know, Miami is a team that has eight scores, Gabe. The Denver Nuggets only had four guys that could score consistently. Jokic, Murray, um, Morris, um, and the fourth the fourth Grant. one was Jeremy Grant. Good call. The, the Miami Heat, they got eight guys. The only guy that can't really score is Solomon Hill. So look for that. They're going to get guys that could score, that can match up the Lakers offensively as well. The Lakers are the favorite game. They are. They got the two best players in the series. Davis is the best player in the series. It's not LeBron. Even though the narrative says it's LeBron. But, you know, the Heat right now, wow. The smart money would be like, hey, if they get game one, watch out. The Heat can make some damage. Yeah, I like the I like just as you stated, the Heat get contributions from different players on on a different um you know, on a different night. And, you know, if you're gonna win a championship, you're gonna have to do that. One thing I find interesting about uh Adebayo here is the fact, as you mentioned, he had his way with Boston. Boston didn't have an answer for it. It was almost as though Brad Stevens just sort of conceded and said, all right. And it was ridiculous, actually, that he didn't, you know, try to do something. I guess he just figured we can't stop it. We'll we'll just live with it, and, and we'll try to deal with it. The Lakers do have the bodies. I'm curious. Vogel's done a nice job of of mixing and matching. He's been a real counterpuncher, uh, Pete, throughout the playoffs, right? All right, I'm going small against Houston. I'm going big against uh, Denver here. What are you expecting against Miami? Like, what, what what's the rotation going to be? What are you expecting from Vogel here? Well, I think, you know, he has those two players uh, inside with McGee and Dwight Howard. They're interchangeable. They bring athleticism. They bring shot blocking. And they bring offensive rebounding and second-chance opportunities. And they get to play Davis at the floor, which Davis likes to play. But in the fourth quarter, he's going to see how, you know, Adobayo does, right? They're going to throw those three guys at him. You know, we know that Jokic was an offensive threat. Bam is underrated offensively, but doesn't always look for his shots on the offensive end. So how is Bam going to adjust to having the pressure of having to score inside, but having to score inside against three really big guys who are elite defenders? So. I think Vogel will start again with the big lineup. Davis will be at the four, but then he'll see how they're doing in terms of one, how they guard the Miami Heat, and two, can they really, you know, insulate Davis as a primary scorer, whether inside with a small lineup or probably with the jumbo bigger lineup. I think the Lakers, one thing they love to do is on any type of misses or even on makes, as we saw against Denver, they're sprinting out. Uh, on in transition, specifically with LeBron having the ball in his hands and just pushing. If LeBron is in attack mode and wants to score a little bit more than facilitate, Lakers are going to be almost impossible to beat 
because nobody's stopping a six foot eight, two hundred sixty pound LeBron. But if LeBron just wants to really, you know, dish it out and just look for Caldwell Pope and Danny Green and Caruso on the perimeter, I think this plays into Miami's hands. But with that zone, the ball there's going to be a lot of perimeter shots. But Vogel is going to see how um, Miami decides to play in terms of can they score and match up and keep pace with the Lakers. He'll make the adjustment if you need to go small with Davis. LeBron James, um, when asked about playing against the Miami Heat, he said there's nothing extra special about it. And, um, um, yeah, okay, okay, LeBron. Uh, so says the guy, says the guy that didn't return Pat Riley's text message congratulating you after you won the NBA Finals in 2016. Pretty cold. Like, for people that don't realize, Pete, I know you and I talked about it. Remember the Shabazz Napier story? LeBron, you, know, you better draft Shabazz Napier. And he does, and LeBron right. leaves. Uh, but, yeah, they don't like each other. And yeah, LeBron's saying it's not extra. Sports Rage continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Now I'm going to turn it on. It's too hard. Hey, wait a second. What are you doing? You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bet. Come on, Jerry. It's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock. No. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Gabriel Morency. Quickest 120 minutes in sports. Bring it. As um, Major League Baseball postseason has begun, we're going to run through the gauntlet. We're going to get into every uh, baseball game. We've got eight baseball games tomorrow, but, of course, the NBA Finals uh, tip off. We've got Pete Annapolis with us uh, right now, former assistant coach with the UMass uh, Minutemen in the old days, and uh, RDS television analyst. We bring in uh, Steve Merrill right now, ProSportsInfo.com, uh, Wager Talk uh, TV. How you doing, Steve? Hey, guys, doing well. So, as Dave, we're breaking it down uh, right now. We're just talking about uh, this from a, a matchup uh, perspective. And, you know, I'll throw it to you, uh, Pete, uh, here first. Um, so, LeBron James, as you talk about, when LeBron's aggressive, it's impossible to beat him. And, you know, you almost hope that he isn't. And sometimes he isn't. I don't know. He gets, he becomes passive aggressive at times. But... This Kobe thing is really driving them. And, you know, I have a feeling now, and I brought it up earlier, Steve, we were talking in the first segment about LeBron being in Miami, and it it didn't end on good terms. So basically LeBron said, he goes, yeah, he goes, some of the people in Miami told me I was making the biggest mistake of my life when I told them I was going back to Cleveland. And those people are Pat Riley. And I guess Riley, like, told him, you're going to regret this for the rest of your life. You know, you're giving up a dynasty. So he won in Cleveland. Um, Pat Riley texted him right after they won the championship that night against the Warriors. LeBron never responded to the text even. So you know, it's it's there it's that deep. So LeBron talking about how this is just another series. Yeah, as if. You, you know, you got the Kobe. They're driven by Kobe. He doesn't like Riley. It's a chance to beat just to prove his greatness by saying, hey, look, I just beat another team that I propped up uh, before, uh, et cetera. There's a lot on the line here, but 
what about Jimmy Butler? Like, who's going to match up? I mean, we got Iguodala, but I'm imagining Jimmy Butler gets a heavy dose of LeBron, right? And, you know, we can talk about Bam and, and you know, Gordon Dragic is a guy we didn't bring up. It's a key to this. But Jimmy B gets a lot of pub, uh, Pete. Time for him to back it up right now as well. Uh, you know what I mean? He was good against uh, Boston, but he's got to be better. And, you know, the fact is, Bam carried them in that series. Tyler Hero stepped up. Robinson stepped up. Butler's played well, but now this is it. If Butler really wants to be a badass and a legend, you know, shut LeBron down. What's your take on Jimmy Butler, Pete? No, you're, you're right. And I remember Pat Riley saying that, hey, in life, uh, there's adversity um, that hits, and you got to be a man, and you got to overcome that adversity. So there definitely shots at LeBron that were fired back then. Oh, yeah, and but we should Jimmy note. Butler, sorry, Pete. Let me just throw yeah. in the ultimate shot when he said, when, uh, when the Miami Heat were kind of playing okay after, he said, well, it's nice to have guys on the team that don't have fake smiles and hidden agendas. Yeah, like who is that about? Chris Bosh? I don't think so. <laughs> so sorry, Pete. I just had to throw, like, yeah, yeah. And LeBron knows everything. LeBron knows what we're saying about him, all right? Like uh, the guy, you know, this is what drives him. That's what drives the greats. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're, there's no love lost there. But what about Jimmy Butler and LeBron's matchup? Yeah, no, it's 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 the time for Jimmy Butler to really showcase what he could do at the ultimate stage. We, I think he's gained so much respect right now. I think you're either on the Jimmy Butler old school uh, camp or you're in the new school and you're like, he's too tough and, you know, you're Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. But I think Butler's gone the respect of the league because he does it on both ways. He leads by example. And have you seen in the post games, you know, he's wearing Heroes jersey. He's wearing Folsom's jersey. The guys absolutely love Jimmy Butler. I hope he's 100%. He didn't have the greatest series against Boston, but I think he's going to have to showcase more on the offensive end because against the Lakers, you cannot go five, six, or seven possessions without scoring. They're going to kill you. They need Butler's offense in this series. I think defensively, he's going to match up on LeBron. Um, he's going to try and disrupt him. He's going to try and make LeBron shoot over him and pass over the defense. But I think you're going to see a good dose of Jimmy Butler. You're going to see some Jay Crowder on LeBron James, and you're going to see the ultimate, you know, LeBron James, you know, defender in the playoffs or the NBA Finals, Andre Iguodala. Six straight finals appearances for Andre. What a pickup by Riley. Nobody really thought Andre would make that much of a difference with the fifth seed, the Miami Heat, <laughs> make it to the finals. But there you go, four for four from three, 15 points for Andre in the ultimate matchup. But as I said earlier, you're going to see a high dosage of zone by Miami. So LeBron's going to have to really try and dissect that zone defense with different multiple defenders, like every team tries to do. You're not going to stop LeBron. Just home, you can slow him down. Andre Godala, the new uh, the new Robert Ory. So, uh, Steve, um, FanDuel has the Los Angeles Lakers, minus uh, 360. Uh, the Miami Heat, uh, plus 260 right now. What's your take on the series, Pete um, and uh, and Steve? Um, what's your what's your take, Steve, on how this is going to play out? How much of a chance are you giving the Miami Heat in this series, Steve? Yeah, odds have dropped a little bit, guys. Um, it was 77% a couple days ago. Now it's 75% uh, based on the very variety of sports books out there. They have the series price. So it's come down a little bit. I thought 77% seemed a little high, especially in the bubble league that we're playing in right now. You know, anything is possible. We saw the Nuggets come back. First time in NBA history, won three deficits, overcome that in two straight series. Um, but I think 75%, the Lakers should be favored here. They're the better team. They're about eight games better on the season overall record. Um, Pete brings up a good point about Butler, though, and I like what he said. You know, he didn't play that great against Boston, and they still win that series rather easily. Oh, not easily. I mean, they were down double digits basically every game, and I know because I had the Celtics in many of those games, 
minus <laughs> two to three points. Uh, but the Heat still won the game in six, you know, six games overall, won four out of six. And that's because other guys stepped up, like Hero, like Bam, these young guys out of Kentucky. Um, you just wonder, though, guys, I know they've been playing a lot of playoff games. They've played a lot of bubble games. But we saw it tonight in the baseball playoffs. The Astros, who were much weaker all season, beat the Twins. Uh, the Yankees, who are weaker overall this year than the Indians, smoked the Indians. And Bieber, the best pitcher in baseball, gets lit up. Miami's never been in the championship stage with these guys. The Lakers haven't exactly either, but LeBron has. And I just wonder how much of a difference that'll make in game one, at least. It's a good point. And, uh, you know, actually, if you, you add it up, it's the one thing we all know, Pete, it's a good point by Steve, that um, LeBron doesn't like young guys, right? Kuzma made the cut. He was the guy that got to stay. Um, he likes veterans that have been there before. Anthony Davis hasn't, but and people often wonder, uh, Pete, why is Danny Green on the floor? Why is Danny Green on the floor? So tell us why is Danny Green on the floor? Because he's responsible defensively. He's going to be in the right place. Every now and then he'll hit that shot, but it's just a trust factor, isn't it, that LeBron trusts him, right? LeBron trusts him. But you look, Rondo, Rondo's been there, done that. Danny Green's been in big spots, done it. LeBron's been there in big spots and done it. J.R. Smith on the bench. So you you go down the list. They've got some guys, Pete, that have won before. And I know that Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and these kids have had ice in their veins, but will they? You're right. You get to the finals. But I don't know. I think in 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 the bubble, it takes a little of the the nerves away. I I think it's not the same. Like if you're Tyler Hero, imagine Stephen Pete, you're Duncan Robinson, man. This is Game One of the NBA Finals, and you're at the Staples Center, and they're honoring Kobe, and everyone's there, and like it's over the top. They're comfortable. They're 12 and three in the playoffs. What do you make of the experience factor here, uh, Pete? Well, I love what Steve said. You know, this is the bubble, right? Things have changed. There's, there's no home court advantage, and there's no higher home court advantage more than the NBA. I mean, it's hard to win on the road in the NBA, specifically in the playoffs. So I think this gives Miami a better shot. But I think we have to start respecting what Miami did. I mean, they totally, you know, dethroned the Miami, the Milwaukee Bucks in five games, who had the best record in the NBA for the whole season, probably for the last two years. You know, the Celtics... Yeah, they could have finished that in five. They won in six, and they swept a pretty good Indiana team. So I think you got to start respecting what Miami could do. They don't have that go-to guy who's that natural scorer. I think Jimmy Butler could put up points, but he's not that natural, um, you know, effective, pure scorer. Um, we saw the Raptors win last year with the ball being moved a lot and then Kawhi taking those big shots. What can Miami do here in the finals? Could Jimmy be that Kawhi in this series? I think he's going to have to. But when you look at, you know, the Lakers – they got the two best players in the series. And I think when you look at that, if they're going to play to their potential, which I believe they will, uh, it's going to be hard to beat. But those veteran guys, I questioned them at the beginning of the bubble, the Carusos, the Danny Greens, the Caldwell Popes. You know, if they're going to shoot 35 to 40%, the Lakers are going to be hard to beat. They got better as the, the playoff round started winning for the Lakers. So, I think, you know, Rondo completely changed the dynamic of this team because he alleviated LeBron James from being that point guard for 48 minutes, always bringing up the ball, always micromanaging every position on the offensive end. Now you got Rondo pushing the pace and really facilitating and looking for Davis a little bit more. It allows Davis to score and allows LeBron to be in that attack mode as well. So if the Lakers are clicking on all cylinders, they're going to be tough to beat. I think Miami is going to have to really shoot the three ball really well in this series. Uh, especially the first game. If Miami could take this one, then I think Steve's 75% percent 
will drop a little <laughs> bit more. Uh, but uh, it's going to be tough because the Lakers have it all. Sounds like you're both picking the Lakers. Uh, Steve, uh, uphill battle for the Miami Heat here? Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. I mean, I'm not necessarily picking. I think game one, you know, probably favors them just because LeBron has the experience. Rondo is another guy I wanted to mention. Hey, by the, by the way, talking about how crazy the bubble season's been, this is the first time in NBA Finals history that neither team was in the playoffs the year before. Yeah. That shows you oh. what we're dealing with. Um, so, no, and I think Miami has probably better than the 25% the, chance. And the Heat are the lowest seed to make the finals since the Knicks in 1999. Like, uh, that as a five seed. No, no, it didn't, actually. That's a good point. But these are different. And that was a shortened season, too. That was that was a shortened season, too. Uh, I should That's say right. the East beat Miami. I forgot about the, that. The Knicks beat Miami, who were the one seed. <laughs> With yeah. Alonzo and Tim Hardaway. And, yeah. and three roll hits. Or right. Alan Houston hit the game-winning runner in Miami. That, that was the series when everyone got suspended in alphabetical order. <laughs> <laughs> That was the coolest thing ever in which every player left the bench area. And David Stern may rest in peace. He didn't play around, guys. So, like, so they're like, they were like, well, what are you guys going to do? We all left the bench area. We all left the bench. What are you going to do? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to suspend all of you. We're going in alphabetical order. And uh, actually, they went in alphabetical order. And everyone was like, oh, my God, Ewing's out. All right, Houston's in, Ewing's out, Morning's in. This guy's out. Steve, you had to break it down by, by the alphabet. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, hang in here, Pete. We'll let you go on the other side here, Pete. I just want to get your MVP uh, prediction. Sports Race Late Night continues with Merrill and Pete Annapolis. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. I'm a rageaholic. <laughs> I just can't live without Rage Hall. <laughs> Sports Rage Late Night continues. I'm Renzi. We're taking it with Steve Merrill. Wager talk in the house. Pete Annapolis, RDS Television, former assistant coach of the UMass uh, Minutemen. Uh, we'll get uh, Pete out of here in a minute. All right, guys. So um, the MVP angle is always interesting. NBA Finals MVP, the favorite, LeBron James, minus 165. Anthony Davis, plus 300. Jimmy Butler, plus 750. Uh, Bam Adebayo. Uh, you like that, Steve? Not bad, huh? How to rattle that off? No problems? Adebayo? Adebayo. Adebayo? Bam Adebayo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, nine, nine to one. And, Pete, you know, there's something like, uh, we always talk about this, like, in the Super Bowl. Like, basically, so if you like, like, a good, a good example is years ago, Pete, the Philadelphia Eagles and the, uh, the Patriots were in the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl MVP is always the quarterback, all right? Like, eight out of ten times is going to be the quarterback. So, basically, it was like, all right, if the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win, Nick Foles has to play well. And if Nick Foles plays well and they win, he'll be the MVP. And, like, he was like 5-6-1 to one to be the Super Bowl MVP, but the Philadelphia Eagles were only like 2-1 to one to win the game. So, 
you know, so Pete, uh, from a gambler's perspective, we look at it like, all right, so if this team's going to win, who's going to be the the guy, the reason uh, that they win? Is it automatic? LeBron didn't get the the regular season MVP. Does he get the finals MVP, or is it Anthony Davis that 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 lights it up and then AD you know becomes into his own by being an NBA Finals MVP? And to me, and if it's Miami, I think it's Bam. I think listen, Bam was great. The media's starting to buy into this kid's story. If he outduels Anthony Davis, this kid will be the MVP. And he's nine to one. Pete, who's the MVP of the series? Well, if you look at the previous series, right, uh, you know, Anthony Davis, 31 points per game, shooting over 50% on the field. But yet everybody just talks about that one great game that LeBron had uh, in the last one, right, in game five. So the narrative is there. The narrative is clear. Um, you know, the voters, again, there's not that many voters in the finals. Uh, I know the great Hubie Brown last year voted for Fred Van Vliet over Kawhi Leonard. So I think they're going to they're going to get it right, um, you know, but it's going to be hard for Davis unless he's just spectacular and, and LeBron has a couple of, of awful games. Then then LeBron's going to win the MVP for the Lakers side. That's for sure. If they win, I think Bam has to prove that he could score against Davis, Howard and McGee uh, enough to really get those votes and become that MVP. I think that he's the most important player in the series. But I think that if the Miami Heat are going to win, you're going to have to see the best we've ever seen of Jimmy Butler. And that's why I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler if the Heat pull off this upset. Uh, and the one guy, the one guy that already has the finals MVP on that roster in 2015, oh, oh, that's Andre oh, oh. Iguodala. <laughs> 100 to <laughs> one. Not forget about him. <laughs> I don't think you'll get a second one, but it just shows how bad or, or awful Steph Curry was in that series not to win the MVP uh, with the narrative of him being that best player in that best Pete Yiannopoulos, Pete, we'll let you go. I know you got to rest your rest your pipes, all right? NBA Finals. Uh, my 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 voice care, already Pete, sounds care, like shot. Yeah, always a pleasure, Thanks, Pete. Thanks for the time, buddy. So, uh, Steve, MVP, interesting conversation uh, here. Anthony Davis has been the best player, bro. But how much is LeBron bitching yep. about not winning the regular season MVP? But, hey, you've watched every game. You've been doing the NBA show daily. AD's been the best player for the Lakers, bro. What, what, what do you think about the MVP picture? And is it, you know, Pete raised a good point. Jimmy Butler's the media guy, right? But Bam's been a badass. What do you make of the MVP picture, Steve? Yeah, it's funny. I was going to bring up Iguodala. So Pete being the basketball insider he is, beat me to it. <laughs> um, he's 100-1 to 1 at FanDuel. But at one of the offshores, I see him at 300-1 to 1 right now. So <laughs> if you want a nice little payday shop around on that one, he's not getting enough minutes. So uh, Tyler yeah. Hero, with the great way he's been playing, has been getting even more minutes off the bench. But the problem with a guy like Hero is that he's not going to have enough good games. If he went off, yeah, that's like my somehow. Sleeper. Man, you guys are too sharp. Oh, that was really? The guy, Dave, that's what I was going to mention. Yeah. You guys are beating me to it here. I was going to say, you know, Iguodala kind of kidding around, but Drogic at 20 to 1. Offshore, I see him at 25 to 1 right now. I, You know, they're going to need somebody else to step up if they win this, and he's capable of having several good games. Hero's coming off the bench. You know, he had the 37, he had the 14, the 17, whatever. Um, but yeah, Drogic's a guy I think realistically could be a sleeper. Um, and Butler, you know, he does a lot of stuff, but I think there's some value at 20, 25 to 1 at Drogic. He could be the Iguodala of this series. That would be the analogy I was kind of leading up to with Iguodala. Um, but by the way, um, Anthony Davis is the best player on that team for the Lakers. But LeBron, you know, we saw him buckle down 
midway fourth quarter in game uh, four against um, Jamal Murray and really shut him down. And he also got a lot of calls from the officials. But at minus money, um, I'm not sure there's a lot of value there. I think there's probably more value at Anthony Davis at three to one because I think both of them could win the MVP. So, uh, Steve, you know what? I I want to be the hero, pardon the pun, and come in here saying about how the, <laughs> you know, the Heat could, the heat could uh, knock him off and stuff. But I realize how tough it is. I'm going to be looking to just play this game by game. I'll be looking to play it game by game. And for yeah. the record, I threw it out there. I'm always fascinated, Steve, by the the, the cities, right? Like the, the double championship perspective of it. Hey, the city of Los Angeles has a legitimate chance, Steve, of winning the World Series and the NBA championship here. Lakers and Dodgers. And for the record, the Lakers-Dodgers parlay is plus 472. What's your take on that? Interesting, Gabe. I didn't know there was actually a line out there, but I was going to crunch the numbers real fast because, as you know, I've said the true odds well, the, right any now book are will let you parlay. the Lakers. Any book will let you parlay. So so basically, you just play oh, both futures. You're, you're parlaying the two future odds. It went like yes, plus 350 it's or not, so. It's not an exotic prop. It's not an exotic prop. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Plus 350 gotcha. Dodgers, minus 360 Lakers turns into plus 472. Let's say the true odds are probably like, you know, 350 yes, say minus 550 no. So 450 is probably the true odds for the Dodgers. That's 18%. So 18% times 75% is 13.5%. Um, that works out to approximately 7.5 to 1. So you need to get about plus 740 to be exact. So you yeah, need plus not, 740 are the true odds. They're not doing that, Steve. Not even in Macau. <laughs> they're not, yeah, they're saying, not, not, not anywhere close. Would you say four something? Uh, yeah, yeah, plus 472, plus 472. Plus 700 or better. Or, or, you know what? The Tampa Bay Lightning just won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> so, you know, we could have the, the Tampa, the Tampa parlay. All right, Steve, I want to blast through the baseball, uh, but it'd be remiss of uh, me not to bring up uh, the two old men that uh, argued in line at Dunkin' Donuts all night tonight. Um, listen, I was watching <laughs> games. Like a real degenerate that I am, I had money. The baseball game was pissing me off, so I had money on the WNBA game, and I actually hit it plus 155 on a money line. It took the Las Vegas Aces to come back. They were down by six at the half. I got them at plus 155 on a money line, and they came back and won. Um, I don't know, like you know, we're looking at sort of at the international markets, and there there was a little bit of a swing to Biden internationally, but. People watch this stuff internationally, and it doesn't change. Like, you know, honestly, like Biden and Trump, either one of them really could have whipped it out and leaked on the podium, and their voters are going to vote the same way, Steve. I don't know. I think it was just a big waste of time, wasn't it? What's your take? And if anything, um, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was probably a low point, Steve. Let's just be real. Like, it's so bad that the debate commission saying, yeah, I don't think we're going to have any more debates. Like, there's no point. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's bad news for Trump because I thought he blew an opportunity to do better tonight. Um, he, he interrupted a lot. He kind of bullied a lot. And the one thing is you got to keep in mind, Gabe, the far left is not voting for Trump. The far right is not voting for Biden. What's going to decide this election, as I keep saying, are the moderate, undecided, independent voters. They don't like the nicking and knacking and the yelling and the interrupting. And the one knock on Trump more than anything is that he's kind of a bull and he's arrogant. So if you're an undecided voter, you don't like seeing that. So he made a serious mistake tonight by doing that. Plus, you want Biden to talk. The more Biden talks, the more likely he is to put his foot in his mouth. So I thought Trump really botched a good attempt tonight. Um, so having no more debates would help Biden. 
And yes, he has gone from 54% pre-debate to now 58% of the betting markets across the world. And uh, yeah. minus 130, now minus 150 on the offshores. So um, basically, it was an eventless debate. And because of that, Biden's odds have gone up because a lot of it was priced in that he would explode tonight and come out see now, and he didn't do that. Um, I didn't it's see much point. from him, but I blame Trump partially for that. It's I a thought good Trump point. blew a like, real good opportunity to expose him tonight, and he didn't do it. If um, Yeah, if he talks over, the guy's not going to thing up. And yeah, listen, I'm not a uh, political uh, science major here, but as you stated, it's a good point. Everyone's locked in anyways. So you have the undecideds or suburban women and housewives and stuff that – that, um, you know, maybe voted one way or the other last time. They're going to think about going another way. And I don't know if mocking someone's son for being dead and having a drug problem is the best way to win win votes this team. I'm just saying. Like, and it's like, yeah, I don't know. I guess you get a laugh. You're throwing some red meat out there. But, like, um, yeah, I think, listen, the whole thing. I was just curious from uh, from a wagering perspective to see how, to see what the perception is. Um, but for me, I couldn't take much of it. It gave me a headache. I was like, oh, God. Like, I literally, I tuned in. I was like, all right, let, let's just see what's going on here. I tuned in for a couple of minutes. I was like, this is going nowhere fast. And I got money on a WNBA game. So let me get back to the basketball. <laughs> so, Steve, we got, um, we've got um, Major League Baseball all day. And history really repeated itself today. Chicago White Sox were 14-0 against Southpaws. Now they're 15-0. Minnesota Twins have lost 16 consecutive uh, playoff games, make it 17. Let's go rapid fire through the baseball. Um, Atlanta Braves, Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Reds were one of the hottest teams down the stretch. They got a great pitching um, sequence uh, set up uh, here. Uh, they got Bauer going in game one. They're underdogs. Um, what, what's your take on that one? Yeah, my two sleepers for the last couple months that I've talked on first pitch. By Andrew McGinnis, the host of first pitch, is in the chat tonight, giving us some love there. So Andrew does a great job. I was on the show today with him, KBO specialist, and Dave Koken, and we talked about. Yeah, we and he is NHL, but he's six foot six. He only played basketball growing up. Canadian that played basketball, not hockey. You got to love it. But um, he does a great job on baseball, hockey, basketball. You know what? You watch the NBA. Um, Half the NBA is Canadian now. That's right. (laughs) That is true. That is true. Half of them are Jamal in the Kentucky. Murray. The other half's Kentucky, I think. Jamal Murray? That's yeah, right. yeah. Went to Kentucky, Kentucky actually, too. Yeah, Kentucky, yeah. Jamal Kentucky, Murray, Canadian Kentucky, and Canadian. Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. He's, Canadian he's the whiskey, modern player. Kentucky bourbon. He's the, he's the modern player. Well, well, Gilgis Alexander, too. Isn't Gilgis Alexander Kentucky? He's another Canadian. Um, yeah, yeah. Calipari. The, uh, Nets, the Nets' newest head coach, Steve Nash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm telling you, it's it's an invasion. And they were the damn league. Exactly. They suck at hockey now, Steve. It's backwards. Canadian lives matter. <laughs> they stuck at. They suck at hockey now. We didn't get controversial enough with the debate part, so we didn't get controversial <laughs> enough with the debate segment. So I got to do it now. It's going to be Canadian lives matter in the NBA pretty soon. Yeah, don't piss off. Come on, don't piss off Canada tonight, Steve. I got enough problems. <laughs> we already upset. Well, it's all good. I'm joking. But, right, Steve, I, I upset anyway, people. Anyway, this is all Twitter. Andrew's fault because I gave him props for being in the chat room. See how, see how sideways we went here? You asked me about the Reds, and now I'm talking about Canadian basketball players. But, no, my, on a serious think, note, for the last month or so on first pitch, it, uh, I told Andrew and the other guys, I go, my two, my, two, my two sleepers are the Indians and the Reds because they're not good offensively, but they have some great pitching staffs that are really dangerous in a three- or five-game series. And I, I said that last year with the Nationals. We saw what happened to the Indians tonight. They're in some trouble. So the Reds are my one team left here that could be a sleeper. But I like that pitching staff that they get through this first round. I like the Cubs uh, tomorrow, too. 
Um, Cubs sending Hendricks uh, to the hill. Uh, White Sox. We got a couple more minutes of Steve after the break uh, here. But yeah, Steve, a couple of weeks ago, I upset people uh, on Twitter because I was bitching about a bad beat. And uh, I said, you know, there's another BLM. Better lives matter. I was talking about sport betters, and uh, people got real upset fast. I like that. Nothing funny to joke about with BLM. I was like, better lives matter too. They do. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Get on the grid. Shout out to all of our radio affiliates, including SoCal, the Mightier 1090, Steve Merrill kicking it with us, uh, Wager Talk, uh, ProSportsInfo.com. All right, Steve, we've only got a couple of minutes. Let's blast through the baseball. We were talking about uh, the Reds. You said that's the, uh, listen, the trendy team. It's funny, the the White Sox were the trendy team. They didn't play, play well down the stretch. They played well today. G. Lito was a stud. Uh, the Reds were real hot uh, down the stretch. The Braves are a little bit beat up right now. Uh, the Reds have the lowest batting average uh, in the National League against the, you know, the explosive uh, offense, but they got a pitching matchup. Money's coming in on the Reds. It was plus 118. I see it's down to plus 112 right now. Marlins and Cubs, that should be fun, but I think Hendricks is the play there, guys. Uh, Steve, the White Sox got it done today with Giolito, but they were 14-0 against Southpaws. Bassett's not a Southpaw tomorrow. I'm thinking Oakland stay alive tomorrow. What's your take on the Sox and the A's? Yeah, we talked about this on first pitch today, and Dave Koken and I both pointed out that the the Athletics only played six games of their 60 this year against teams above 500. This is only the seventh time in 61 games this season they played an above 500 team. Their only games came against the Dodgers and Padres because they only played the West. They didn't play any of the AL East or Central, which made up five of the other six made up six of the other seven playoff teams. Oakland lost Chapman a few weeks ago, their star third baseman. They went just eight and 11 down the stretch. Now eight and 12. Um, I think this Oakland team is overrated. I actually gave the White Sox, White Sox to pick them out as a series play on first pitch day on that TV show. Um, I don't know about tomorrow, but I think the White Sox have won this series with that win today. Uh, Blake Snell was nasty today. Uh, but once he was out of the game, the Jays had their opportunities. I think the Jays will be more comfortable tomorrow now that they've got a playoff game under their belt. Uh, they got Ryu going for them. You know, the odds makers agree. I mean, they're not uh, – you're only getting plus 124 right now. But the thing is, glass now is real good too, Steve. What's your take on the Jays and the Rays? we got uh, 30 seconds. Yeah, the um, White Sox and the Rays both came in plus 60 run differential for the season, which was third best in baseball tied with the Atlanta Braves. Um, so this is a very good Tampa team, and that's another reason I like Chicago. You know, Gabe, I think a lot of these teams might bounce back and get game two. It wouldn't shock me. Um, but it's a real upheld battle for teams like Oakland and Toronto that have to win two straight now against probably better teams. Steve Merrill, ProSportsInfo.com, Wager Talk. Level two coming up. Bring it. 